0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. It's lovely to be here again. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and sharing some music with me this morning. Um, this is the second of four sessions we're having. And there's a slight change in emphasis. Um, two years, three years, four years ago, We were very much in Advent leading into Christmas, and the title of my previous session was From Darkness into Light. Um, But we haven't been together for a couple of years, and so I've called this session Some Light in Our Darkness, and the light, of course, is the wonder of music, which I think, certainly, personally, uh, my garden and uh, my um, co-hibernator has given me the hugest pleasure. But music has also been a wonderful light. And I'm sure uh, you music lovers will uh, share that, Uh, that um, there's something very special about um, music uh, which gives us hope and also addresses the dark side. And I'm going to start my music uh, this morning with a requiem. Uh, we had a very cheerful requiem last week, didn't we? Well, um, this one is plain chant because, as you know, I always like to start with plain chant. And this is from what is probably. Uh, my most beloved place um, in the world. Well, there are a number of beloved places. Looking over the Giudecca in Venice is one of them. You know, I'm a great Venice fan. And, um, but this is King's College Chapel um, in my birthplace in Cambridge. I was hugely fortunate to be born and brought up in Cambridge where there was so much music. So I had it in the jeans and I had it all around me. Um, And I remember visiting, well, it was two years ago since uh, my last visit there. And uh, there's one little stone seat in the West End. And I always go there first and I sit down and I look up at this, absolutely astonishing ceiling, fan-vaulted stone ceiling, which I've often referred to as the uh, one of the wonders of the world. Uh, And of course, the music is pretty good too. Um, So here we have plain chant. We have the men singing requiem eternum, Uh, eternal rest. Grant them, O Lord, and may light perpetual shine upon them. And then the boys singing um, uh, in paradisum, Um, uh, may angels lead thee to paradise. And again, if you came in with any stresses and strains, I guess after this uh, they will have been well evaporated. what could follow that well um, we'll see. Um, There's one story that I was just uh, reminded of there of um, I used to cycle from school uh, and Mitch from cricket which uh, is a game I never did very well (laughs) and used to go to Song there and um, then in the winter time you go down on the uh, it would be getting dark in Evensong, and there might be about 20 people in the chapel for Evensong. The candles would be lit, and uh, that was, it was not, Requiem, I didn't attend the Requiem, uh, this was an Evensong, but uh, Stephen Clebury, who you see here, his previous job was in Westminster Cathedral, the Catholic Cathedral in London, so uh, plain song was in his bones, and he certainly brought um, the skill of singing plain song, which is not easy. I remember attending a, a weekend session with a Benedictine nun, also from Cambridge, Mary Berry, in Maynooth, and uh, she got us to uh, sing plain song. It's it's remarkably difficult because. Uh, there's freedom in it, you know, holding back and going forth, um, concentrating on the words. And yet the, there's, uh, the music has to be right as well. So it's quite a skill and nowhere will you find it better done than in uh, King's. So if you have an opportunity to go up to Cambridge, now... Having said that, I need also to say that there are so many wonderful choirs in Cambridge attached to the colleges. There's Trinity, uh, the St. John's. There was a um, uh, uh, marvellous service from St. John's on Radio 3 on Sunday. I don't know if any of you heard it. Um, Absolutely beautiful service for the first Sunday in Advent. Uh, so there's John's, there's Clare College, which is also a superb choir, Trinity Hall. Uh, there are about six really fine choirs where you can attend the services free every, um, every day in, uh, in term time. It's an astonishing richness when you think of it. Uh, so that's how we'll begin. Now, where, where will we go on from here? Um, As you know, I usually um, go chronologically. So who do we hit next? Only our friends Thomas Tallis and William Byrd. Well, it's Tallis this week. And this is a little uh, motet called Onata Lux. And it was the uh, signature tune for, the early uh, years of Gloria. It's one I've I've loved for a long time. It's very short. It's very sweet. It's, it has so much character to it. A few nice little harmonic clashes in the middle, and um, before and after uh, some organ variations on Veni Redemptor, uh, Come Regina of the Earth, which is obviously. Um, an Advent-themed uh, chant and this is organ, two organ variations on it. So here's um, the wonderful Thomas Tallis. <laughs> That little motet, Onata Lux, is one of such great beauty. It's certainly one of my Desert Island Discs. Um, I I love it very much. And it's my definition of a classic, which you've heard before, one uh, which you can listen to over and over again, uh, never get bored with it, and always hear something new. That was a beautifully sung version by the Dunedin Consort, Edinburgh-based, under John Butt, who is one of the great uh, conductors of early music of today. Uh, Again, I'm sure you noticed the purity of the voices and the lack of any vibrato. The intonation was so beautiful because they weren't wobbling around the whole time. Uh, Lovely pure, simple, but passionate music. Um, Tallis and Bird were friends. There was 35 years between them. Tallis was born in 1505, around then, and he was 35 years older than Bird, but they both sang in the Chapel Royal uh, and um, were close colleagues and friends and were two of the... Great shining lights of the first period of great English music. Um, many would say, I think perhaps I would agree, that there was never again, apart from Henry Purcell, who will, um, I'll be talking about uh, again before the end of the series, uh, I think that period of 16th century was a, as great. a a period of English music as any. And these two composers, Bird and Talis, were uh, the shining stars. Now, I'm going to play our first DVD of the day. And uh, those of you who've been before to these sessions will know that I find it very difficult not to play this DVD every time I come here. I play it to so many of my friends who come and visit me, and uh, they say, you know, what are you listening to these days? And I say, sit down there, and this is what I'm listening to, and this is what I'm watching. And it's a psalm from Monteverdi's 1610 Vespers. And uh, as any of you who have noted my... Email address will know how 1610 is a very important year. Mm. Um, I believe that the Vespers of Monteverdi were the first great major uh, work of Western classical music. Um, and again you never tire of it it's always it's so full of wonderful solo singing wonderful choral singing wonderful instrumental playing with the uh, great uh, sounds of the uh, early music uh, the brass which we'll hear and uh, strings as well Uniquely played, very different from uh, the sounds we hear in the 19th and 20th century. Uh, This is a psalm. La Paggiata is the group, it's led by uh, the splendid um, lutenist. Uh, well, I suppose we should call her a theorbist, uh, because the, a theorbo is the um, bass lute which Christina Pluhar plays, and you'll see her at the beginning of this DVD uh, and directing it. Um, and these are young singers, um, with wonderful voices sharing their joy in music making. And this was um, filmed at, obviously, a rehearsal. They're not dressed uh, for a concert. Uh, And you get this freshness, uh, and it's wonderful, wonderful music. As I say, I certainly won't Uh, mind watching it for the umpteenth time and if you've seen it before I guess you'd be happy to see it again. that absolutely wonderful? Um, yeah, uh, it, it, there's something so different from Onata Lux. I mean, could you have two different... They, they're not too, what, 1610? I suppose the Onata Lux looks, it might have been 1550. But there's the gentle sweetness of one, and there's the thrill of that music. Um, I've heard a number of live performances of Montevideo's Vespers, and there's nothing more thrilling. Um, And as you heard the example there of the instruments, I should tell you something about the instruments. Uh, The trombones were sackbuts, Wonderful word, the sackbutt. And the recorder-like instruments were cornets. Now, there's a cornet, which is rather like a trumpet, which Louis Armstrong played. No, not that. This is a cornet with two Ts at the end. And it was a strange instrument. It was had a, uh, a mouthpiece like a trumpet or French horn. And it had holes like a recorder. Fiendishly difficult to play, I'm told. And the suck button cornet was a very common combination uh, especially uh, accompanying vocal works especially in italy and uh, a unique sound a very beautiful sound uh, and then two theorbos the the bass lutes don't see one very often but two together even more rarely and then very different ways of playing the strings the violin and And those young singers, I just love them, you know. There's such, um, again, lots of character without vibrato, you know. I think that's what uh, appeals to me. There's no way that singing could be called, you know, boring or monotonous. And some people might say, "Well, if you if you haven't got the colour vibrato, then you know you lose the interest. It's too bland. That's not bland singing. That's full of energy and delight." And as far as Monteverdi is concerned, he's only just marginally below Bach in my mind. Um, And that that you've got the information there about the, this particular recording. And it has the full work recorded, plus this additional DVD and a couple of other um, films. Uh, it's, it's absolutely one of my very favorites. Now, um, we, the next thing we go to is Ich lasse dich nicht. Um, Now, the interesting thing is, we've got a picture of J.S. Bach, and it was Gary Fleming who kindly pointed out to me that I thought this music was by J.C. Bach, who was the elder brother of Johann Sebastian, who took Johann Sebastian and his younger brother in when their parents died. And he was a composer like so many Bachs. Um, He also was a great composer. And he studied with Pachelbel, he of the famous canon. And uh, there was a story that this is one of the reasons why Johann Sebastian had bad eyesight, was that he used to sneak into Johann Christoph's um, Uh, music cupboard and copy down at night, in candlelight, various pieces of music. And this is why he had bad eyesight um, and at the end of his life he was almost blind. Um, Now, whether whether it was the brother or whether it was Johann Sebastian, (laughs) it doesn't really matter too much. The music is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I will not leave you, and it's Vox Luminis. Well, you've—I've played them to you before many times. I think they're superb, and this is from a YouTube. Um, The richness of YouTube is absolutely incredible. If you want to find any recordings by any particular group, you just search YouTube and you'll find it. It is absolutely astonishing how much music is there. And Vox Luminis certainly have many, many uh, private uh, 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 privately recorded videos that they've made which are available on YouTube and I, I strongly uh, recommend a uh, 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 search. Um, you will find some truly marvelous things here and this is an example. I think this is an absolute little um, comparatively unknown masterpiece. <laughs> I'm playing some wonderful music for you this morning. (laughs) That's another, uh, you know, again, perfect, marvellous. I love how the um, two singers, one male, one female, stand up at the back and sing the tune, which is plain chant, over the top, while the other singers um, uh, uh, work a complex series, fugal series. of lines below. Just stunning. But have you, any of you, heard it before? Uh, you know, it really is an unknown masterpiece, I think. And uh, we're so lucky to, um, as I say, YouTube, a great source. Um, now, uh, so Bach, from one uncertain Bach, was it the elder brother or was it Johann Sebastian? This was certainly Johann Sebastian. Um, 25 years ago I helped to found the first period orchestra in Ireland. Um, I ran a series of early music festivals and visiting period instrumentalists would come over and would play with, at that time, the comparatively few Irish musicians playing uh, period instruments, playing Baroque music in a period manner on period instruments. And from then was founded Christchurch Baroque, and um, Therese Timoney, the violinist, um, and uh, 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 Mark Dooley, who was uh, directing Christchurch Choir at the time, and John O'Connor helped as well We put a lot of pressure on the Arts Council, and they funded Christchurch Baroque 25 years ago, which then became the Irish Baroque Orchestra. And just a couple of weeks ago, the Irish Baroque Orchestra celebrated their 25th anniversary, performing all the Brandenburg Concertos, and I believe it was an absolutely stunning concert. Uh, Sadly, I couldn't attend myself. Um, but I heard that it was superb, and they really are world-class now, and I'm very proud of um, my early involvement in setting that orchestra up. And somebody, uh, in fact, there was an article in the Irish Times, what is your favourite Brandenburg concerto of, of the six? And I had to think very hard what my answer would be, and I kept going back, not to a Brandenburg, but one of the four orchestral suites that he also wrote. And this is a movement from the first orchestral suites, and it features um, a sound which I really love very much. It's French as much as anything else. Two and bassoon, the uh, three uh, du- uh, double reeds, And there's something very special about this sound. And this movement of the first orchestral suite of Johann Sebastian Bach uh, features this instrumental sound. Bach's music is all about so many things, but one of the most important things, it's about dance. Maybe it's not a word that would first come into your mind. You know, everybody sort of genuflects when Bach's name is mentioned and all terribly serious and, uh, but it has to dance. And that's a perfect example uh, if you wanted one. Um, Just to say that the band there is called Le Concert Francais, and it's directed there by Pierre Antet, who is my choice of uh, hopscord player. If you want good recordings of any of Bach's works, Pierre Anteil is would be my choice. He's a wonderful harpsichordist. Obviously, he likes to wave a baton in front of a band every now and again, too. And That's, that's absolutely um, my choice of Bach orchestral music. And there wasn't very much, you know. Um, he played, he directed uh, um, his orchestra in Leipzig, And uh, unfortunately, there is no record of the music that they played. Now, Bach would have uh, borrowed and begged and borrowed and cut it and pasted uh, because that's what they did in those days. But really, when you think of it, there's the six Brandenburgs, there's the four suites, and there's a handful of concertos. you know, violin, and uh, obstacle concertos as well. But precious little has remained and come down to us. And I'm afraid we have to blame uh, Bach's uh, children and uh, widow. They didn't take the greatest care of their precious inheritance. And I read somewhere that it was said that the, a copy of the Sanctus of the B minor mass was used to protect rose bushes from the frost. (laughs) You know. Uh, Anyway, uh, we have to be thankful. Uh, Okay, he wrote uh, six motets. We heard one last week. Um, He wrote 300 cantatas. Well, 200 have survived, but 100 have been lost. Uh, So there's a huge amount which we've we lost, unfortunately. Now, uh, we, we go from Bach to the daddy of the string quartet, uh, Joseph Haydn, um, composed, well, originally it was 83 string quartets. It was then whittled down to 68 with a few uh, uh, misattribulations, uh, uh, attributions, and um, anyway, he wrote a lot. And uh, this, you see, did help that he lived until he was 77. He had a long and fruitful life. Uh, you know, twice as long, at least, as Mozart. Um, so uh, no wonder there are plenty. And he wrote 26 operas. Did you know that Haydn wrote 26 operas? I didn't, until I read it recently. And so he... Uh, uh, he, he he went on throughout his life um, from when he was around 20 years old in the 1750s uh, right up until his death in 1809, aged uh, 77. So uh, this is a movement from one of the uh, more popular string quartets, one of the later ones. It's called the Rider. Quite a lot of them had nicknames and this is because the uh, galloping uh, rhythm in one of the movements. So here is a movement from a string quartet by Joseph Haydn. Well, if dance came into my mind when we were listening to Bach, I think probably charm is the word for that. There's something very elegant and gracious about it. Um, It's interesting comparing Mozart to Haydn. Um, Mozart's string quintets, I think, are among my favourite. There are some lovely quartets too. But Haydn, because he wrote so many, there are so many discoveries to be made. And there's something fascinating about string quartet. It's as though you have been invited into a domestic music making, you know, into you know, the living room, or maybe they've had a nice meal and a, a glass of wine, and then they make music. There's something very intimate about it. And I love watching string quartets. Uh, Do go, if you get a chance, for a lot in the concert hall on Sunday afternoons. And it's wonderful, especially to watch. I mean, we watch the singers interacting there. But often, string quartets interact an awful lot. And there's a lot of sort of um call and response between the instruments and to see uh, you know you can perhaps follow the viola part in the middle which is fascinating to see how it fits into everything else weaving around um it's a very lovely experience to watch um uh, uh, a string quartet and i also am uh, uh, very interested i thought almost i I should uh, do a bit of work on this. The history of the string quartet, it seems that so many composers wrote at least one. You know, Ravel and uh, Debussy and a lot of the French people and of course the six by Bartók are wonderful. Uh, every, uh, so, so many composers seem to, I won't say save their best, but, but put an awful lot of their skills and delight into composition of string quartets. So there's my little commercial for the, for the string quartets. So we've, we'll, we'll go on now and finish with some uh, uh, Christmas offerings. Uh, this next um, a couple is from uh, the Kalmos Ensemble, and I think they must have sent me a CD a long, long time ago. I was completely delighted. They're Leipzig based, um, and uh, the three uh, males of the quartet sang in the Leipzig uh, St. Thomas's Choir, Bach, so the, the the choir that Bach directed. And then they found a soprano. And uh, she became quite a friend. I played it, played this often on uh, Gloria, and the uh, person who ran the Cork Choral Festival was so impressed that he invited them over, and that was their first visit. Then they had a Music Network tour, and um, they came to my house, and it was, it was very uh, friendships developed when uh, my wife and I were in Leipzig. Um, We visited them, and uh, so there's a personal connection here. But they are such a wonderful group, uh, and they sing a couple of um, uh, Christmas works uh, arranged by uh, one of their singers. Um, So this is the Calmus Ensemble.
1: French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge
2: in a pear
1: tree. <laughs> On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me five gold rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge Sent to me six geese a lane, five, five gold rings, four, four calling birds, three, three, three French hens, two turtle On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love sent to me seven swans a swimming, six geese a lane, five gold rings, four calling birds. Three French hens, two turtle doves. There
2: is no treasure in
1: Patrick. On the eighth else. day of Christmas, my children sent to me. Eight mates a-milking eleven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five gold rings. Four, Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves. There is no treasure in On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Nine drummers drumming, eight mates in milk and 106 geese Six guise-a-laying, five gold rings Four calling birds, three French hens (laughs) Two (laughs) turdledab On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Six geese a lake, five gold rings, four calling
3: birds, three
1: French hens, two turtle doves, three cherry cloves. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love sent to me eleven ladies dancing, ten pipers piping, nine drummers drumming, eight mates a milk, and seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying Five gold rings! Four Four calling birds, three Three French hens, two turtle decks. 11, Eleven, ladies dancing Ten, 10 pipers piping Nine, drummers drumming Eight, mates a and 7, Seven, swans a swimming Six, geese, he's a lady. Five,
0: that's the nearest you'll get to jazz in this series. Uh, I love the blue note on the pear tree. Aren't they great? I mean, great characters, lovely people. Uh, Now, I said we'd end with Christmas. But in fact, yes, we will end with O Magnum Mysterium, which is, I think, my favorite Christmas text. Oh, what a great mystery that it was uh, animals. Uh, that should witness the birth of Christ. Um, This is a setting by Jako Mantegarvi, who is um, Finnish. Please forgive me, any Finns in the audience, if I've mispronounced his name. Um, But he was born in 1963. Uh, It's wonderful the amount of uh, young um, the Scandinavian composers uh, composing choral music it has become really quite a, a centre of the choral art and there are many fabulous um, Scandinavian choirs from Sweden, Denmark, Finland, Norway um, so the last two um, sung by the choir of Trinity College in Cambridge we mentioned this uh, one of the many wonderful Cambridge choirs. The conductor is Stephen Leighton. And it's contemporary music, you know. That's, it, uh, uh, but it's rather like the, the Osacrum Convivium of Messiaen that we heard last week. You know, this is contemporary music, but it's not um, aggressive contemporary music. It doesn't um, take you by the shoulders and shake you, but it's clearly contemporary and, uh, and very beautiful at the same time. So we start with An Ave Maria, and then O Magnum Mysterium by Jaco Mantegarvi. almost falling asleep there. (laughs) Very beautiful, don't you think? Very interesting, you know, uh, musically, not challenging, but musically interesting and beautifully sung. My goodness, I've played you some wonderful choirs this morning. (laughs) I certainly couldn't get much better than that. I was reminded of one of the early producers that I had in Lyric FM when I was doing Gloria. He was a young guy, and he was very interested in in jazz. So we spoke a lot about jazz. And I told him about some jazz clubs in Cambridge that I knew of. And I told him about uh, quite a lot of pubs that I knew of. So he did. an evensong crawl not, and a pub crawl. <laughs> <laughs> so he would start the evensong at about 4 or 4 and he went to all the best colleges. Then he would um, uh, go and uh, uh, have uh, a few pints in these my favourite pubs and then he'd go to a bit of jazz. He said it was one of the best weeks he'd ever had in his life. So there we are. Um, so uh, Next week, I, I've been listening to a lot of Stravinsky. I mean, if you'd asked me what my, my two favorite uh, 20th century composers are, Benjamin Britten and Igor Stravinsky, again, such contrast. Uh, but Stravinsky's ballets are absolutely superb. And Simon Rattle uh, did a, a television on the Sky Arts, I think, of uh, The Rite of Spring and The Firebird. And the third ballet, which is not nearly as well known, but his wonderful music, Petrushka. And I'll be playing um, a movement from that next week. And uh, you yeah, have got some more lovely things. Thank you so much for uh, coming, and I think we'll... We'll finish off there. I think Marion wants to say uh, a few words, but thank you very much for your attention, and I hope you enjoyed at least some of the music.